wondered how taboo, shame, and lack of good sexual education have stripped away elements of pleasure in childbirth and parenting that are essential to loving, intimate relationships? Join me for another episode of Orgasmic Birth Podcast, Pleasure in Pregnancy, Birth, and Parenting, as we break down and heal barriers and open the door to more love and intimacy in birth and life. about the cervix. Have you ever considered the cervix as an organ of pleasure and orgasm? Hi, I'm Deborah Pascali Bonaro, founder and director of Orgasmic Birth and host of the Orgasmic Birth podcast. My guest today is Olivia Bryant. She is founder of Self Cervix, a movement to reclaim the cervix as a powerful organ of pleasure and orgasm. I'm so honored to have you join us today today, Olivia. I have to say I've learned so much from you in your self-cervix program and just love your work. So I'm so looking forward to having you talk with us today about how to awaken the orgasmic cervix. Welcome. Yes, thank you so much. I'm so excited to share all of this information with anyone who will listen. So yeah, thank you for having me on here. You're welcome. And I know for many people listening, right, they're like the cervix. Can you explain a little bit about the cervix, where it is, what it does help us understand? Yes. So, um, and, you know, I, if you don't know much about your cervix, you're uh, one of, you know, that is the majority of people, actually, I once did a little bit of a research project where I walked around the streets and asked people what they knew about their cervix and, and people really did not know much. They had been and had had doctor's appointments and, you know, had pap smears or they might've given birth or they might've heard the bad news about the cervix, you know, getting cervical cancer, but nobody had heard that it had any other, you know, potential other than this place that they had to get medical checkups or it was involved with birth. So your cervix, for those of you who haven't yet explored that area, it forms the neck of your uterus. So if you were to reach inside of your vagina and sort of feel around up there, you'll feel a uh, kind of a donut shape. And it is slightly different feeling, like often a little harder than the rest of your internal uh, tissue. And some people not realizing it's their cervix have mistakenly thought of it as a growth and have gone to their doctor just very afraid because they think that there's a growth up there. Because the thing is, the anatomy textbooks will show your cervix like literally right at the top of your vaginal passage. But I don't think I've met anybody who's like anatomically perfect like that. A lot of people I've spoken to with cervixes and women, they seem, we seem to have a lot of us are off to the left. And that's how I discovered mine. You know, I was feeling around up there. I'd actually even started this work and I thought, oh yes, it's got to be up here somewhere. I must be touching it. And it wasn't till one day. And I was just like, you know, off-roading inside of my vagina, like just seeing what was, seeing what was around. And I came across this bump and I was like, oh, I guess that's my cervix. So yeah, your cervix will move during your cycles. It moves further up when you're ovulating and drops down quite low during your bleed. And, you know, the, the cervix's purpose really is it's um, apart from 
orgasmic pleasure is yes um, <laughs> is it's you know it's a you know it's a holding bay for sperm and it's also a very protective you know cervical mucus it's very protective of the the uterus so it's like the gatekeeper of this very profound place in a woman's body so I'm going to use the word woman and I'm also including those of us who don't identify with that name but they have a cervix so yeah thank you and it's so interesting right how I'm glad you said for so many people, this might be new and that's really common. And I also love how you say for me too, it, like when I went searching, when I was quite young, I was like, what is this? And it's off a little bit to the left, which surprised me. Right. So the same thing. And also it took me a while to understand how it's constantly changing. So I love how you talk about it can go up, it can go down. So Tell us a little bit more, like most people don't think of the cervix in relationship to pleasure and orgasm. How is that possible? Oh, well, I know, but just, okay. If we think about it, if we frame it, like if you've ever been to the gynecologist and had a pap smear, you know, you might've found it's kind of a icky, uncomfortable feeling. So we know it has nerves because we can feel an icky uncomfort, sometimes pain. And yet your doctor will most likely say, oh, your cervix is supposed to be numb. So there's a lot of medical procedures that, you know, sort of happen without a lot of, without a lot of concern about the impact. Because actually your cervix is profoundly sensitive and it is the most connected, neurologically connected, uh, most neural pathways to the brain and then any other part of your pelvic anatomy. And it makes sense, right? It's your birthing organ. It makes sense that it would be profoundly intelligent. So it has a lot of connection to the brain, three nerve pathways that are actually paired nerves, which is quite unusual in the body to have three sets of nerves that run, you know, in two directions up your body. So the left and the right side. So that's, that's really important. And it also has nerves across the surface. So it's very sensitive, but for, most people and women that I've spoken to, their cervixes are numb or they feel kind of painful or icky. That's the, that feels to me like the majority when I do a lot of, I mean, I've talked to like thousands of people right now about it. And I remember when I started going on this journey, I already understood that, you know, in some of the ancient traditions, there was this understanding about this like profound orgasm that could connect you to something greater than yourself. It was essentially a pathway to spiritual awakening. And I thought to myself, well, that would be nice, but I just was so far, far away from it in my own body. So I understood that piece of it, like in these spiritual traditions. And then I also understood the science by this, this these two doctors, Dr. Beverly Whipple and Dr. Barry Komisaruk, who wrote a book about the science of orgasm and I read about these nerves. So I knew intellectually that it was capable of pleasure only because at the time I was, you know, working in sexology and I was on my own sexual healing journey. So intellectually I understood these things, but no way was I ever close to be able to actually make that a reality. So the, the, how I discovered it was, you know, Actually, I was a very shy young woman and very sexually repressed. And, you know, like so many people 
I grow, grew up in a family that wasn't particularly sex positive. It, they weren't sex negative, but it just was never spoken about. So it was this unspoken thing. So naturally then, therefore, there's shame around it. It becomes like this mysterious thing that no one seems to want to talk about. And so that really impacted my adult relationships. And there was something in me that was like, you know, I'm a very expressive person. But for some reason, when it comes to sex, I am completely shut down. I don't have I don't have a voice in this space. So I went on my own sexual healing journey, studied sexology and was doing some coaching. But I actually, you know, at that stage, you know, I was really, I wasn't particularly orgasmic at all. And I'm saying this because I think there can be this belief or assumption that people in my field, you know, we just came out of the womb orgasmic, <laughs> you know, and I used to have that belief, you know, I'd compare myself to teachers or friends or, you know, people that I'd heard sharing their orgasmic experiences. And I, you know, I had a very large vibrator that was my only source of pleasure. And yeah, so I was not one of those people. <laughs> so I went on a journey and I was in a bodywork session one day uh, internal body work I was having done. I was open to that sort of thing, which was a real benefit. And the body worker had his finger on my cervix and he said, do you feel anything here? And I was like, no, I feel absolutely nothing. So I had absolutely no sensation in this highly sensitive organ. And afterwards I thought to myself, isn't that interesting? I'm not very orgasmic. And my cervix, which is this highly sensitive part in my body is completely numb. So it would make sense that I have difficulty in this area if I'm fairly numb actually within this, you know, really the only pleasure I have is at my clitoris and that's with this big vibrator. <laughs> and, you know, I didn't realize then that all of this focus with this machine on the outside of my body was also contributing to my inability to be able to feel a lot of pleasure vaginally and at my cervix you know, it's just a conditioning that I'd, I had a very strong conditioning and connection to clitoral pleasure. And, and if that's you and you're listening to that, you know, I want to say it, it's great, like good, like, you know, whatever is pleasurable for you, celebrate it, embrace it. So if you're that person and you're feeling kind of sexually stuck or limited, and, you know, you are also kind of you know, you have a, your, your vibrator is your main source of pleasure. I just want to say it's every part, everything that brings you pleasure, celebrate it, enjoy it. And, and it's enough, you know, and I, and I think we've got enough pressure on us as women to always be striving for more and, you know, it's not good enough and what we're feeling isn't adequate. And I think that that's a trap. So the way to expand your pleasure, the way to grow in pleasure is to love where you're at and embrace where you're at and enjoy it completely. And then the, the next piece of this is curiosity and just being like, you know, not, not seeking to evolve because you don't feel good enough, seeking to evolve because you're curious about what else there is available to you. And that's a really important distinction because otherwise you'll go at this path, you know, seeking a certain result and possibly ending up disappointed because you never know how this path is going to unfold. 
you never know. It's a winding path. And so, yeah, I want to speak in context of that at like, at no point am I comparing or saying, you know, what you have got is not good enough. It's, it's perfect. So that aside at that stage, because I understood about the cervix and I had this, you know, basic, I was told it's numb. I wanted to go on a journey to try to awaken it. And it was very difficult because I had no sensation. And I made a decision on that day to put my vibrator down because I understood then that all of this intense stimulation outside of my body was actually uh, causing me to sort of attune to that level of intensity that I couldn't feel the subtle things that were going on inside of my body anymore. So I made a really difficult decision and put down my vibrator. (laughs) I remember the day putting it beside my bin. And, you know, and that was that. And, you know, that was six years ago. And then I had to go on this sort of committed path of like learning how to sensitize my internal world and, and heal my cervix and awaken my cervix to pleasure. And I started a support group, you know, thinking like we could all do it together with a few of my friends and about 1500 women from around the world joined the group and in in a weekend. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm onto something. And it, it was like, they were all just staring at me saying, well, now what do we do? And I was like, I have no idea. (laughs) but let's just start by touching it. And it was pretty profound because it was then that I discovered how deep the work is because we had so much come up, you know, we, this place in a, in a woman's body is, is a storehouse of, of memory, you know, and, you know, grief was coming up, rage was coming up. Look, look at what has to happen to the cervix, you know, like, you know, IUDs, abortions, miscarriages, you know, rough penetration, abuse, um, you know, biopsies, smears, it is truly, you know, um, even traumatic birth, you know, it's truly one of the most, I think the most traumatized part of a woman's body. And yet, it is this magical, magical orgasmic portal that can really bring her home to an awakening. So, you know, it's interesting that it is also the most medicalized and controlled. So it's, yeah, it's some, yeah. So um, a lot of stuff came up in that group, like, yeah, a lot of trauma release. There was past life regressions. Like I was looking at all these stories, like I have no idea what's going on here. (laughs) There was like great pleasure, but also, and mainly there was a sense of, it was like, now I am, now I'm touching into my cervix. I'm the one claiming it. It's mine. I'm feeling into a place in me that I've never felt for before. And I'm honoring this part of my body. You know, there's it, there's no doctors up there. It's not for a lover. It's for me to touch and to honor and to feel. And I'm going to see what's there. And yeah, and then I had to ask the question, why? Why is it numb? Why is it painful for so many of us? That's not normal. Well, you know, it's common, but it's not normal right? Like anything in your body that's in pain, that's a reaction to being hurt. And, you know, know, first comes pain and then comes numbness. I don't want to feel anymore. You know, think about your heart. It's like you're in pain, you're in pain more and more, and then you, you numb out. I don't want to feel anymore. 
And the heart and the cervix are, are linked via, via the nervous system, via the nerves. So the vagus nerve in particular. So, you know, a big part of the work is addressing trauma. You know, the most of the work is, is, is healing and learning how to be in the body. And it's so profound, you know, I've heard you say this before, but hearing it again, I can just feel my whole body and I'm sure listeners too, right? When we think about the cervix for a lot of people, we haven't thought about that pain and potentially trauma and the healing that needs to come. And I love how you talk about pain and then numbness. So take us deeper as your group came and you were learning so much more. How did healing evolve? How did the healing and opening to pleasure begin? What do you mean? How do you mean? Like, what did we do or? Yes. What did you do? Well, you know, First of all, I think I want to say that there is no one size fits all for everybody. And this is, I think, like something that is very important to me as a teacher, that I can show you some tools and then ultimately the work and the exploration is yours because you've got to take ownership of your pleasure and you've got to take ownership of your experience. I think we've had a lot of, we've had historically We've put our authority onto the teacher to say, tell me what to do. So that's the first thing I want to you know, give to your audience is this is your opportunity to take some power and discover what brings me pleasure, what brings me pleasure at my cervix. So, you know, we went through a process of, you know, first just learning to get in touch with the cervix, you know, with the mind, like learning how to actually be present in the pelvis. And because I realized it's just not that easy for people to go in and touch their cervix right away. Like it's extremely vulnerable. And if you do go in and touch your cervix and, and, you know, some people have reported feeling repulsion, you know, so compassion, compassion, compassion. (laughs) So I just realized we had to start very slowly. So we started very slowly and the next main practice that we brought in is, is something called dearmoring. And, you know, if anybody wants to know more about that, you know, there's a free book on my site. It's just called how to find your C spot. And that is a process. It's similar to trigger pointing where you are exploring and feeling areas of numbness and pain and giving them, giving that area some love inside of a relaxed body. So the tissue let's say it is numb or let's say it's in pain, it is in response to your nervous system being in fight, flight, freeze. So now you want to you want to teach this tissue what it is to safe touch, to receive safe touch so it can relax. So this is a process of de-armoring, allowing the armor to drop slowly. And it's not just a genital thing. It's like the de-armoring has to occur through your body you know, how we hold and how we resist because, you know, it's what sometimes we've needed to. So it's like, okay, well, now I don't want to, I want to have choice in the matter. So dearmoring the heart as well and like opening the heart and grieving and, you know, it's, it's deep. So, so that, that's one thing. So, so dearmoring 
And then I think it's learning how to, it's conditioning yourself to start to feel inside of you and start to like really find and look for pleasure. Like our mind is very powerful and the pelvis is an area of the body where we have been conditioned away from. And so to hold attention in mind in the, in the pelvis, it's, that's a training in itself, just learning to focus and look, the process of, of, of opening pleasure, it's, there's many layers to it. You know, I've, I've created a body of work on it for program, like four whole programs you know, each covering different aspects of awakening the cervix to pleasure and orgasm. And, you know, I think I said, I think you mentioned it before, there's sometimes a process. First of all, it's not feeling, and that can be a very uncomfortable and uneasy space to be in, because at least when there's pain, you, you know that there's something there. But with numbness, it's just like, you know, it's a, it's a very lonely space. It's like, am I ever going to feel anything? Then pain at it pain it's like oh well at least I'm there's something there like I've got some reference and relationship to this thing and then over time it can start to shift as the nerves wake up but the pleasure is very different and this is what was something that I learned over time it's not like literal pleasure or it's a different kind of pleasure it's deeper it's rounder it's fuller you know it, it's it's quieter at first so it requires refined attunement and listening to your body. So a lot of embodiment again. You know that this work, one of the big influences was midwifery. And yeah, and like the parallels between orgasmic birth and, you know, sexual orgasm. And that the release of these psychoactive substances during birth or this one psychoactive substance can also happen at orgasm I call it the cervix of two sides it's this birthing portal into life and into becoming and there's this rebirthing portal back to source <laughs> I and, love it uh, yeah it's great right and I think about really like the reason, yeah the reason why the first step is always like coming into the body is because the cervix is first our first pathway through the cervix is embodiment is towards embodiment and for various reasons that process can stop and it might be a traumatic birth like I had a, a very traumatic birth and I don't think I think I'm some I sometimes question whether I am like I I'm I am mostly here and then sometimes I definitely think that I'm that I'm not always here like I'm this I can disassociate pretty easily and um you know it's a lot it's been a lot of work for me to come back into my body and to really be here you know I used to get this feedback all the time like you're not very grounded you're not very grounded and I'd be like what do you mean stop telling me I'm not grounded it was very invalidating of me but possibly what they picked up was you know I'm not I don't have my feet on the ground yet properly and so this is part of my journey is is coming into this body more. And I think for it's it's intergenerational as well as personal. It's common for women. It's actually not that safe for us to be in our bodies walking down the street, <laughs> you know, at night. And, you know, if you're a woman like us, then, you know, we've got it lucky. 
that we're in a, a minority of women who, who who can be relatively safe and you know that's a that's a small amount of us you know most women in the world are living in you know not not great situations so so yeah that's why because honoring the first current you know which is the downward current the descending current of orgasm i call it which is downwards and for orgasm to occur we've got to go down first and then then there's this opening back up so so yeah so beautiful olivia to honor so much right you've brought so many elements for people to be breathing into and understanding and you know it it always takes me and you brought you know how that orgasmic energy of birth are similar it always makes me wonder and i'd love your thought if people when they were pregnant or before pregnancy understood this and had this deep connection to their cervix, would birth be different? Because birth is so much about the cervix opening. And we know in birth that when people don't feel safe, when they don't feel private, when, you know, as you said, strangers are poking and prodding, that cervix is so sensitive that it shuts down and and we just do more to force it open in a medical model. What would you say to someone who might be considering pregnancy or many people that are pregnant listening? How could this work? work applied to them in preparation. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I want to just say up front, no, I'm not a mother. So I haven't been through, through that journey. I mean, I think, you know, so I'm playing like a bit of an as if really, you know, if, if this right. was me, if this was what I was doing. So like, what I love about my work, I think is these pieces around, it makes you incredibly empowered in your body. So so there's so many elements. Oh gosh, where do I start? So first of all, let's just start with the physical stuff. If you can be doing this dearmoring work where you're opening and creating space vaginally and at your cervix and, and doing the healing work, you know, healing your own birth stories, healing, healing, healing your mother wound, like all of that stuff that's in there, that's that's amazing. But then there's another piece to this, which is empowered consent. And this is, you know, really, you know, if, if I was equating it to being in the bedroom, you know, you, you need to be able to ask for what you want. You, your voice needs to have a place. Otherwise you feel kind of unsafe and not at ease because, you know, you don't feel like, you know, you don't feel like your voice is going to be valued, you know, you, and especially in a place where doctors have authority, quote unquote, you know, it's like, it's like feeling confident in this idea that, Nobody enters your body unless, unless, you know, you say, yes, you may, you know, and, and, or, you know, and I don't actually know what the birthing suite looks like. And I know that sometimes you don't have a choice because maybe there's an emergency. So I'm speaking from idealism, right? I guess, I think, I'm not sure, but it's like essentially the main principle being, I have a voice and it's listened to, and I have, I feel respected in that room and I feel honored in that room. And so I would be choosing the right team you know, like that understand these things. And yeah, I, I just think, you know, the the preparation, you know, we do a lot of inner child work and, you know, learning how to essentially soothe and be with it, be with the, chi- the child inside of ourselves and growing that part of ourselves up. 
And all the mothers have said to me how much this work has helped them be a better mother, you know, because they've un they understand the impact of their childhood. And so the, the changes they've made as mothers through doing this work has really just helped them parent. So there's layers and layers. But the first piece, I think, would be doing the dearmoring work before you're pregnant. And then if you are pregnant, it's not recommended that you do this work unless, you know, there's no danger to the baby, you know, so it would be like, if you do it, do it in the last few weeks of pregnancy, whereas where if the baby came early, there'd be no danger to the baby. So, yeah, I just, it, it makes me wonder what birth would be like if all people had this preparation, right? It went into pregnancy, being healed and having feeling and having that orgasmic yeah. experience with their yeah. body, with their cervix and understanding it's their cervix intelligence. Well, yeah. And it just reminded me, actually, some people that have done this work said to, have said to me, thinking of a couple of people in particular, that this work gave them a relationship to their cervix so that they actually had more trust in their cervix and could actually, you know, I mean, it sounds strange, be in conversation with, be in dialogue with, just, you know, they're, 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 they're in relationship to it. It's not just this foreign part of their body that they have no access to. They've touched it. They've been with it deeply. And so, you know, then birthing is just another aspect of that. And then also, you know, like I know, and I'm sure this is, I know this is part of, you know, the, the, um, the positive benefit of being able to experience pleasure, you know, throughout pregnancy and birth, you know, as a way to stimulate oxytocin and to, you know, encourage these orgasmic birthing experiences. You know, I think if you've done your sexual healing work, this can really, this can really help because a lot of people don't feel comfortable doing that. And, you know, so again, it's about the people you have surrounding you as well, you know, that they know. Yeah. It's so much. And I even just feel from even just touching your cervix, like many people will labor and birth having not touched their own cervix, but allowing medical professionals to do it. Mm -hmm. And I always think, why are we letting others in the midst of such an intimate event like birth, having strangers examining our cervix? I tell all my clients to get in touch with their cervix prenatally and do their own feeling. If you want to explore where your cervix is in labor, what an amazing opportunity in labor to feel the changes that it's going wow. through. And you might not know if that's two or four or seven yeah. or eight. We don't need a number. We're smart to know it's changing. It's bigger. It's changing. It's softer. Yeah. And those yeah just changes that in some way are subtle or huge in birth. And when I see people feel themselves in labor, they light up with this truly orgasmic feeling of like their body, their baby, their cervix. Yeah. I've never seen that light when a stranger does it. No, that's beautiful. That's so beautiful. That's so beautiful because it puts them right in the immediacy of their birthing experience, you know, that they're actually, you know, their hand becomes their eye, you know, and they can actually sort of see what's, what's happening, you know, and it's not just like, 
you know, giving that power to somebody else. Like, yes, great. Matt, beautiful. Well, I have to say, is there any other aspect of helping to create that orgasmic cervix that you'd like to leave us with any other nugget? Yeah, I know there's like, so much. But- oh my gosh, there's so much. But like, you know, first of all, just touch your cervix if you haven't already. And like I said, there's a free PD guide that you can download on if you don't know where it is. And then go through a, go through a process, a regime of of touching for pleasure. And, you know, it's like there are many ways that you can explore. You can explore, you know, touching across your cervix. You can explore touching around your cervix. It's really also important to, you know, really give some attention to the places around your cervix, the ligaments that might be feeling tight and tense, the muscles, especially if you're thinking of, you know, getting pregnant and birthing, you want those to be nice and relaxed and subtle, subtle. The key is practice, practice, practice. You want to build that connection to your cervix and you want to have it associated with pleasure. So if your clitoris is how you feel pleasure, if you're touching your clitoris, go in and touch your cervix at the same time and imagine a line of pleasure running from your clitoris all the way up to your cervix. And then take your finger off your cervix and see if you can still imagine that line and start, you know, creating a new association with your cervix for pleasure, especially if you've got a lot of association with the gynecologist and it feels icky. So you want to start practicing like that. And then if you are making love, you know, I'm speaking very heteronormatively right now, but it actually doesn't matter if you, if you, if what gender that you're partnered with, but whoever is inside of you, get them to tell you when they're on your cervix, whether it's with a finger, whether it's with a penis, get them to tell you I'm on your cervix and then bring your mind in right there at the connection point, breathe down into it, relax your cervix downwards, relax, relax, relax. That's key. If you're holding tension vaginally, you'll be restricting the blood flow. You want to learn to make space and relax down. So it's a, there's a lot, but, you know, I think just having the awareness that it can be more is the most amazing start that most people don't even have. Thank you so much, Olivia. You've given everyone so much to consider, but I know many people like me are going to want to learn more. So where can people find you? Can you share your website and your Instagram? Yes. So I'm on selfservix.com and at selfservix. And depending on when this podcast is released, I will be doing a five-day Awaken Your Cervix free challenge. And it will be up on my site if the podcast goes out after that. that. So you can find that as a as a way to start practicing and 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 understanding some different kinds of touches. And yeah, there's also a lot of free guides on my site too. So yeah, yeah. Talk about it amongst your friends and see what else is going. You know, what what do people, what do they know? What does everybody know? Let's spread the word. Thank you so much, Olivia. It was so wonderful. Your work is so important to me. And I think that as we connect your work for those people that are birthing, I think there's so many possibilities that haven't yet been explored that need to be talked about. So I thank you so much for your work and joining us today. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was great.
Thanks for listening to the Orgasmic Birth Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to learn more about pleasure in birth parenting and birth work, visit orgasmicbirth.com forward slash more for my free gifts. And please leave a review about your experience. Reviews help us to reach more people and please subscribe.